Isabel Olive is a Chicago musician who performs as half gringa. She makes gorgeous music, and she's been an active musician for years. In October, she was on a 12-date tour along the East Coast when she decided to cancel her last four shows. And she's not alone. A lot of bands are facing these types of decisions. Today on Music Therapy, Izzy talks about why she decided to cancel those shows and how she's going to approach touring from now on. We're going to get into the cost of touring on today's episode of Music Therapy. Welcome to Music Therapy. I'm Jessica Risker. I'm a musician based here in Chicago, Illinois, and I'm also a licensed professional clinical counselor. Music Therapy is a podcast for musicians where we explore why are we doing this? This is so weird right now. Everything is so crazy, and we talk about it. Visit musictherapypodcast.com for previous episodes and upcoming events, and please consider supporting us through our Patreon. You can access that page um, through our website, and anything that you can do, we very much appreciate. So today I'm talking to Izzy of Half Gringa. Half Gringa creates music informed by contemporary indie rock and Latin American and Midwestern folk. The name Half Gringa is both a tribute to and a study of her legacy, stemming from a childhood term of endearment as La Gringa in her Venezuelan family and her bicultural experience growing up in the United States. Specifically, we're going to talk today about um, some tour dates that Izzy canceled and why she did that and uh, kind of the implications of that, not just for her. This is not just her story. Um, this is something a lot of musicians are experiencing. And um, and I want to thank Izzy for sharing the particulars of her story because I think that by listening to each other's experiences, we kind of find that we're not alone and we all figure out how to make this work together. We're also going to hear uh, a song called Miranda from Izzy later on in the episode. Here's my conversation on the cost of touring with Half Gringa. Okay, so I'm here with Izzy from Half Gringa, and um, I reached out to you, Izzy, after Josh, the engineer of music therapy, pointed me to a post you made on Instagram um, about a month a month ago from when we're taping this about um, part of a tour that you canceled. And we thought that uh, this could make for really great conversation because, um, you know, many musicians are probably experiencing very similar things. So um, just wanted to talk to you about what that experience was, what that experience was like and how you came to that decision. Yeah. Um, so for context, um, this was the longest half bring a tour like full band or otherwise that I'd ever had booked. Um, it was supposed to be 12 dates total. We were, we were hoping for more. We were, which is like sort of relevant information for later. Um, we were aiming to do 14 or 15 dates and we were going to be out in total for 17 days. Like that was including like the days off and the days that we couldn't fill 17 days was like how long you're going to be gone. How long you'll be away from work, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Or in my case, how long you'll be working from like remotely from the road. <laughs> from the road. Yeah. Okay. Almost all the members of the full band for that tour worked remotely from the road. Um, yeah. Andres 
uh, the bassist, Robert the drummer, Lucy, the violinist, um, and me. We all worked remotely. And Sam was doing work too, but he's he's like a professional musician and does a lot of like teaching stuff and freelance work that um, it's hard to like teach. I know some people who have done it, but it's hard to to teach music while you're in a van, like driving somewhere. Yeah. If I can, I mean, if I can go on a tangent for a second, like what does that look like with all of you guys working from the road? What does that actually look like? Well, luckily, like it wasn't a situation where we were all like working nine to five the whole time. It Like on your computers in the van kind of thing? Right. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like that, um, A, because like somebody needs to drive. <laughs> um, but it's, I think we all have work that's like, reasonably flexible like I don't necessarily need to work nine to five I'm always remote at my job mm-hmm. um and that's the case I think for for everybody else in one way or another it's like we have meetings and we have to like be at those meetings but other than that it's like really flexible like when we can be working um so sometimes like I'll work before we leave a hotel like I'll go down and where like the breakfast buffet areas and, and, and do like two hours of work before we even get on the road. Okay. Um, and I've just figured out like, for me personally, what are my best times to work in the van, not in the van? Cause I get a little car sick too. So it's like kind of tough. <laughs> I have to take breaks in between, yeah. but anyway, so, so uh, what ended up happening was I canceled the last four dates of this full band tour. And there were a couple reasons why I think, I think the tricky thing about, um, doing that was just that there were a lot of factors that I didn't really consider before leaving, consider when booking that tour, um, and consider when, you know, like until I was like out actually doing it on the road and like would feel a certain way. Cause we were like, yeah, we were eight dates into this tour. It was 10 dates, 10 days on the road. Mm-hmm. And I had just realized that the experience of being out on the road was so different than it was even when we did a tour um, that was like pretty short. It was six days long uh, at the end of 2021, kind of like when the Delta variant had just started hitting, like I did my belated release show and went on a, on a short East coast tour with the full band after that. And, um, you know, it was like venues had just started reopening. Like there were really strict mask rules, you know, like we were being asked for vaccination cards at every venue. Like people were like really trying to make it work. And, um, and and we had pretty good turnout considering all that stuff. Um, not as well as I would have hoped at that point, because, you know, my agent, I have a booking agent and he had booked, um, that tour primarily like before, like while we were still experiencing the euphoria of like, everybody's getting vaccinated yeah. cases are going down. Everything's great. Like it was that like early summer 2021, yeah. like energy, you know? Yeah. Um, so the closer it got to that tour, the more, more nervous I got, you know, we, had all been vaccinated by that point. And we were just like, we're just gonna be as careful as we can be like, and it wasn't, it didn't feel like a huge undertaking at the time because it had been so long since I'd been on tour. And I had sort of like, you know, saved up my PTO, saved up my money. Like I was like ready to do it. And it was only seven days. Um, This time I 
thought I would really like to try and do better. You know, like I think, you know, we're at a different stage in the pandemic, like maybe this tour, we would get more people to come out. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to sort of like have my, you know, this past record forced to reckon, like have its, have its tour, have its like nice, yeah. like tour. And then I can go and, you know, make a new record. Cause that's kind of what I've been working on, um, in the interim. So <laughs> I didn't plan for so many, there was just so many things I couldn't have foreseen. Um, and the reality was that like, even with having a booking agent, even with of having a publicist because I'm releasing an EP in January. And I had sort of thought, well, if I time this correctly, like my publicist can also like promote these dates and that will like help me like, you know, um, get people out to these shows. Uh, but I didn't count on like all of these huge bands that everybody's been dying to see the whole pandemic are on tour right now, all at the same time, you know? So um, your, your shows are competing with their shows. Our shows are competing with their shows. Our shows are competing with a lot of much older uh bands that are contemplating retiring you know like elton john did his farewell tour joan baez did her farewell tour like all of these like much much bigger like stadium arena artists are doing like what seems like it might be their goodbye like dead and company is doing one next summer so those shows are super expensive Um, partly because now Live Nation and Ticketmaster are doing surge pricing with their tickets so that like sometimes they're really expensive, sometimes they're less expensive, but overall with fees, it's like, they're still crazy expensive. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people, maybe the, maybe the, the feeling is like, well, I just, I really have to see this person before they stop touring. And I'm just going to save up all my money, everything that I would spend on like going to see a band that costs. 10 or $15 to go see. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to save up for this one show. And that also sort of coincides with people, I think, who are still, you know, rightly so worried about getting COVID mm-hmm. uh, and don't want to risk, you know, if they're out at shows all the time during the week, they're, you know, their sort of risk level goes up. And so they think, oh, okay, well, if I just plan on this one concert, I'm going to use like all of my like COVID points or whatever. My health, my health capital. My health capital, exactly. Yeah. On this one show, it'll yeah. be great. So there's just a lot less. I it's it feels like there's a lot less um people who are going to shows to discover new artists. Um and it's tough because you know, some of these places, almost all, all these places um on this tour I'd played before, but it had been so long that it was like but you have to like rebuild your audience from scratch basically because it's just been you know it's been four years since I'd played Champaign Urbana in Illinois it's been it had been like three years since I'd played um Athens Georgia like it's just like it was it was tough and so I was starting to feel a little discouraged just because like the turnout was not super great, you know, and it was, it didn't feel like, oh, well, it's a weekday or like, I expect going into a tour, like not all these shows are going to be excellently attended. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm a relatively unknown artist. Um, and some of them will be great because we have like, you know, really great. I mean, we had really great support in all the places. That was the issue too. Like a lot of the support bands we talked to were just like, we've been feeling it also like people are still not really coming out the way that they used to. Mm. And that was a bummer and made me feel, you know, kind of overall sad. 
Um, but it was nice to be able to sort of like verify with other musicians in local places. Like, no, this is like, <laughs> this has been happening, you know, like it's, this it's is not cool. just, it's not just my band. It's, it's not just, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that, that did help, but it just made me realize like, I think most musicians touring at this level and obviously touring at higher levels. Like I know Lord just came out and did an interview with the, the guardian, I think, or the independent that was really just like ripping the sheet off of like, this is how little we make on touring. You know um, if those bigger artists are doing, are not able to break even, I, I kind of thought like, well, my overhead expenses aren't that high. So maybe it will actually be fine. And like being in sort of like a smaller band will be okay because we'll still have like, you know, a decent number of people that come out and get excited and like, you know, learn about the band, but that didn't really happen. And also stuff is really expensive. Even in the South gas, still really expensive food, lodging, like everybody in the touring band this past time is over 30. We're just like, <laughs> we can't sleep on floors every night. We really yeah. tried. We did it. Uh, you know, like, I think a third of the nights that we were out, we, we spent at, uh, you know, at friend, like friends or people that we sort of knew. Um, but that's just, it's just not doable. And it's kind of silly. I see people online being like, well, that's just something you have to go through. And I think that's nonsense because, you know, what about people that have conditions that sort of prevent them from being able to like function if they have to sleep on a floor every night, you know, like people with fibromyalgia mm-hmm. or just like, there's an accessibility issue there that I think people don't realize. And they just think, well, it's just, it's going to be shitty and it just has to be that way. It does not have to be that way. <laughs> it takes so little to make it like doable and sustainable. And yet I feel like we're not able to meet that, you know, like I just wasn't making enough money back each night to know that I was even close to like breaking even. I, I usually think what's the amount of money that I am able and willing to lose from Mm -hmm. the money I make at my day job on this tour. And then I have that number in my brain (laughs) and every night when I, you know, go and settle with venue management, I'm like, okay, this is how close I am to getting to this number or how far away from it I am. And I just realized like when we played um, in Durham, which was the night that I had sort of decided, like, I think I'm going to check in on number, like on ticket sales for all of the like final East coast dates that we had. And these are those dates where we'd played before and recently, like last year. And if I didn't like feel like I had enough tickets that it would be okay, regardless if nobody showed up at the door, then I wouldn't do it. And so that's what happened. Like I, I didn't, we didn't sell enough tickets to make me feel good about going further into a place where it's more expensive, like New York city, Boston, um, where I wouldn't like continue to lose so much money that I would spend like six months paying off my credit card debt. Like I just couldn't, Mm -hmm. I couldn't stomach it. And in a way, like I, I still am like, yeah, I made the right decision. Like for me, for the rest of the band too. Cause like, you know, it's, it's an expectation. And like, I think all the people that I play with are amazing humans and they were just so supportive of everything and so understanding and just really empathetic, which was 
incredible, but it is hard to like, you know, play to an almost empty room almost every night. Having one or two of those nights on a tour that's, you know, less than two weeks long is normal. But more than that, it's just sort of like, should we be out here? Like, maybe this is just not the right time. Well, I guess along that that line, I was going to ask, was there something in particular about the Durham show that was sort of the uh, a breaking point of sorts? No. I mean, it's so funny because that was like one of my favorite shows on that tour. Um, I loved uh, the support that we had. Um, it was like my first time meeting him, Trey Charles. He was super nice, super great. And it was like nice to just like talk to another musician about like the reality of what we're <laughs> going through. Yeah. Um, and the people that did come to that show were like super enthusiastic. Like, you know, it was, it was so nice, but I think it was just, it was right before the show started that I sort of was reading the writing on the wall. I'd gotten some emails from other um, promoters for the East Coast shows that were like, not mean in the least, just sort of like, hey, like, maybe this is just not the right time. Like, maybe, you know, you guys should save the gas money and just like, no. Oh, come. they were also kind of chiming in and letting they you know. Were, they were also chiming in um, about that and just sort of like, hey, like, you know, shows like this are not doing amazingly. So like, maybe it's just not the right time for this kind of thing. Um, like, we'd love to have you back, but like, yeah. maybe now. So I think the fact that, yeah, the fact that other promoters were saying similar stuff, it was just like, okay, maybe I should like think about this more as a manager and less as like, you know, the me, the performer. Um, and, and yeah, so like right before that set, I, I talked to the rest of the band. I was like, this is what, where I'm at. This is what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, again, like everybody was just like, you know, super supportive. Like you're the boss. We totally understand. Um, but it was so hard. It just, and then, yeah. And then to play that set and feel like, oh, this is good. Like this is nice, but it's just like that feeling can't sustain you, you know? And also I just thought like, I need, I can't, I can't afford to go into this much debt and try to like also make another record. It would just like prolong the process in a way where I was like, is this worth it? Like, maybe not. So yeah, there's just a lot of factors that like went into that decision. And I think go into the decision for a lot of other bands that are doing exactly the same thing, you know? Um, and it really bummed me out to see that other people were doing the same thing where, you know, either they were canceling tours in the middle of them or canceling tours before they even happened or, um, you know, saying like, I, I just can't deal with the the sort of like mental stress of this calculus. Like, I totally get that too. I think a lot of it is like a, just, you know, trying to maintain your sanity <laughs> and also not get sick, like, and also not get COVID. Right. Luckily, like we on that tour got COVID on the tour. I got COVID <laughs> like pretty much right when I got home, which was horrible, but it's, it's just like, there's so many things that we have to think about now. Because that's another thing, that, right? That even if you think you have a well-attended show, you could get COVID and then the whole thing's canceled and you're losing that money and perhaps shows exactly. after that as well. Exactly. Yeah. Like I know um, Palehound, Pale a band I really admire, like they had to cancel, I think three different tours like 
two or three okay. shows because somebody tested positive for Man. COVID. Just yeah. was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that this has happened to you. Yes. So many times. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's rough. And I get why people are like, you know what? I'll just try next year. Like, I just like, yeah. Can't. After, after everything, after like also two years of just like the stress of sort of like financial precarity that artists have been through. And now like we're going into this period of like hyperinflation. It's just, yeah, it's just like a perfect storm of like, this is not sustainable. You know, like we're not getting any money from streaming. We're not getting any money from touring. Like, I guess licensing is like the only thing where you could maybe make enough to, to at least like offset those costs. But how, how is this experience or this collection of experiences, how is that impacting your relationship with creating music? I don't think it's affecting it that much. I mean, my creative impulses are still there. Like, I think from, if we're talking about just like writing songs in the most basic way, like it's, not really affecting that. And in fact, I feel more motivated to create more work. Why is that? I guess because I feel like, okay, well, if I can't, if I can't really tour in the way that I thought I would, Mm -hmm. or if I can't, um, like go into the studio right now, I need to like, you know, save up my money and like Mm -hmm. do that. And it'll take longer. It, in a way it's like, okay, well, in the interim, I have all this time to just focus on my creative work um, and do what I can, you know, at my home studio or just like writing. Um, So yeah, I guess um, there's definitely an amount of like weird, it is like an emotional um, weight to like cancel something to announce a cancellation. Like I definitely felt like, okay, this is really hard, but because I felt like it was definitely the right decision, I don't have any sort of feelings of guilt or regret about it, which is good. Cause I think that five years ago, if I had had to do the same thing, I probably wouldn't have done it a, and I would have just like gone into debt or it would have been like the worst thing ever. And like, I would have felt like it was like the end of my career, which it's not, you know, and maybe that's just because I'm a little bit older at this point, Mm -hmm. but but yeah, I don't know. I Luckily, I know that that probably won't be the case for everybody because like I do think any sort of like decision that you have to make that affects other people, that affects, you know, what you're doing and the opportunities that you have is definitely a lot. And maybe later I'll, that will, the full weight of that will hit me and I'll feel differently. But right now <laughs> I feel like, no, that was right. And like, I'm okay, you know?
I love that there's this interminable, it's, it seems creative spirit to musicians that, uh, just doesn't, it, it takes hits, but it just seems like for so many people, it doesn't get knocked down totally despite, despite all of that, you're still writing and kind of embracing. Well, I have this time now I can, I can use this. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, it was sort of a realization, like I really do want that time and, and getting to have that is great. Um, like I'm not happy with how things turned out or that like it had to come to this in order for that to happen, but it's not, yeah, it's not like, um, emotionally devastating in a way that it might be for people who just have like have a different feeling about it or a different outlook. Um, but yeah. I think that I'm trying to, this is one of those, um, quote questions that I have a fuzzy sense of, but maybe not. Maybe we could talk through it together. You know, I think that myself included for a lot of musicians, there's a complicated relationship between creating something and I guess what we'll just call like the business side of mm. making, being a musician. So the financials that go into that, such you're talking about like saving up for recording an album, which costs money and, um, going on tour, which sounds to me like was primarily understandably a financial business decision. Um, and this is where I'm not quite sure what my question is. I guess it's like, you know, thinking about what role would you like music to play in terms of the business of it or the income that it brings you, or what would you feel like is a sweet spot as far as your music career and the business side of things? What would you like that to look like ideally? Um, that's a great question. I think it has changed a lot and I think it will continue to change. I don't think, I think the fact that I don't rely on this for income because I cannot re rely on it for income is good in that, like, it still feels like it, it, to me, the business stuff doesn't, like we just said, like, doesn't affect my creative output all that much. I think if I felt more pressure for that to like, you know, if that was my only income source, like that would be intense and it'd probably be a lot harder for me to access certain things creatively. However, I'm at a point in my life in the last like couple of years where it has gotten really hard to have a full-time job and to do this yeah, in a more businessy kind of way at the same time. Yeah. And like the balance of that to me right now feels a little bit thrown off. And I have been thinking about like how I can sort of write that. Um, but I think it's something that I'm going to experience every, hopefully every like half a decade and not more often than that. <laughs> but I don't know, you know, it's it just, it's a thing where I'm also, yeah, as I get older, my needs are kind of different in my personal life and in my professional life. And so that definitely has an effect on the sort of balance of business versus creativity. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know right now. I mean, I'd love to have more time to work on just this. Like sometimes I think like, man, it would be nice to like have less of my time be 
devoted to a job, which I enjoy and like, Mm -hmm. but just is still, you know, if I'm trying to make another thing also a job, it's like having two jobs, essentially. Just like, it's like having two jobs. And I would also say that like the business aspect of doing this is still really separate from the creative part. And I find that the time that I do have like allotted to work on things often gets sucked up by like the businessy aspect of being a musician, as opposed to maintaining a creative practice. Like I've been looking to like do an artist residency for the last couple of years. Cause I'm just like, I just need like a period of time yeah, longer than like four hours <laughs> yeah. to like actually like get into a different state of mind. And it doesn't need to be forever right now for me, but it needs to be a longer period of time where I can sort of like be in that mindset and be able to access things for a longer period of time. So, yeah. And I'm thinking about the things that we're, you know, losing, I guess, as a culturally, if you have artists that don't feel it's feasible to go on tour and don't feel like they have enough time to really sit and sort of stew in their creative ideas and work on them and and grow because I'm, I'm, I've, you probably, I've, I experienced this, a lot of growth between albums, um, that takes years and trying things out. And, you know, with the lack of support that artists are feeling, that's a big cost, I think, to us as a whole, the role of music that music is playing and just maybe even the, I don't want to say quality of music. It feels like there's lots of people out there making great stuff, but, um, but it does feel like a slog, I guess, to put it one way. Yeah. And it's sort of limiting in terms of who has access to work, you know, like, right. It's still interesting to me when I like to be talking to somebody at a merch table or something. And, uh, they'll ask like, Oh, is this your first time here? And I'll be like, you know, Oh no, actually like I've played here twice or something like that. And they're like, how have I not heard of you? And it's like, well, (laughs) I can't go on tour that much, you know? (laughs) Right. So it's also hard to build up that name. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, for me, it's really specific because I don't have a label. So I'm doing everything extremely DIY. Um, Like I have a great team, which is awesome, but you just, you start to sort of notice like where the limitations of what you can do are. And yeah, I don't know. I, I I think a lot about like, in a weird way, I'm trying to get away from like social media being the main way that I share things. And in a weird way, I've sort of ended all the way back at like being online, but in a different way. <laughs> and sort of like think about the early online communities that I saw or was part of in like the earlier, like when I was a teenager, you know, like weird little forums or like fanfiction.net you know (laughs) like sort of smaller more niche like oh like this person has a newsletter that I can read once a week or like they have a blog that they update and like making sort of the interaction between like people that are you know your audience and you just a little bit more I don't know a little bit less passive I guess um could be a way to sort of like make up for not being able to tour as much. Um, but it's hard. It's, it's just, I don't know. 
it's really disappointing. It is really disappointing. It just like requires another, it's sort of like, well, we have to get creative. And it's like, I've been getting creative for like 10 years, you know, right? <laughs> like, I love it. I'll do it. But this is crazy. Like, <laughs> do you feel, um, you know, we're both in Chicago. Do you feel like you were talking earlier about how the general audience's relationship to going to shows or discovering new music feels like it's changed as you know through the pandemic and where we are now and i'm curious if you feel the same way here in chicago you know more of the artists you know you're probably going out to the shows and do you what do you what does it feel like to you here to be honest, I am actually not going out to shows that much. I mean, at least recently, part of it was because I was on tour and then I had COVID and then, yeah. um, and I'm also an introvert. I frankly need a lot of time alone. Um, and so I, you know, I'm aiming in the next couple of months to just go to like a show a week and like make that feel like it's doable. Um, I would say that Chicago is really unique though, because like we have a huge music community and there's a lot of different sort of like sub areas of it. Mm -hmm. And so I think at the very least, like apart from me, a specific weirdo, like most people that are musicians are going to shows, you know, like they're going there. That's where our community is. Like, yeah, that's where people can sort of like interact with new stuff that they've heard about and also like catch up with their peers um, and as far as like, you know, new people discovering new bands, I did get a couple people actually, cause I was just on Sam who plays guitar with me. Um, both of us were out on like a little duo tour opening for another band for, it was just like four nights in the Midwest. But one of the nights was Chicago. And there were a couple people who came up to me at merch and was like, I didn't know you were local. Like I've never heard of you before, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that, that does inevitably happen. I would say at almost every show where I'm not like headlining. I feel like I'm headlining probably no. Um, but when I'm opening, that's like a thing that happens often. I think it's just like the city is so big, you know. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's also just more of a culture of like going out to shows on purpose, whereas maybe in maybe in smaller cities is like well, it's the weekend. Like, what do I want to do? Or like, I have a night off. Like, what do I want to do? And maybe you look at your like local newspaper listings or like look online or you kind of like see like, oh, that one person I know that's in a band is opening for this other band. And like, yeah, growing up in a small town, like that's how I found out about stuff. Um, and so maybe it's maybe it's changed wildly, but it just feels like when you're in that situation, you have like a place that you look to or people that you look to for like what's going on. And that's the thing that you do. Um, and maybe just less of that is happening there because there's a, there's actually a lot more going on than you're used to. And it's like, Oh, but you know, Bruce Springsteen is playing whatever arena that's like two hours away. I'm going to go to that. Right. Or something. Like that. it's like, maybe it's just that there's so many people out there um, that it's hard now it's hard to choose because now you have like so many options. Um, but in Chicago, that's always been the case. So I don't know. It just feels like the music attendance economy is a little bit different. Um, but maybe I'm, maybe that's just my very narrow 
<laughs> view of it. Um, no, I'm I'm interested in your your experience of it. You know, and that when we were talking earlier in the conversation and you're kind of theorizing on, you know, why might these shows be less attended? Maybe people are saving up for these bigger shows or these quote last tours, like uh they say that's the last tour, we'll see. Um, but also the what were we saying, like the health capital that people are yeah, which is for me, I mean, I don't want COVID twice, but like I feel like I put off COVID for so long because I was being really intentional, really intentional about what shows I was going to, where I was going to in general, mm-hmm. just making sure like, okay, I'm going to go to a show on this day. And then like the three days after I'm not going to do anything to just make sure that I don't have COVID and that I don't give it to somebody, you know? Um, and I still think that there are a lot of people, especially in Chicago that are doing that. Um, yeah, I just think that there's more of a sense of like, let's, we're all in this together. Like let's help, you know? Yeah. Uh, that caution. There's, yeah, there's just more caution here. I feel. But the other thing that you said, which I was also considering is this is, this is a theory of mine that, the pandemic, I think, you know, there's this forced uh, quarantine and I think a lot of us got more used to being at home. I went to a Halloween show at Cafe Mustache. My friends were playing the band. I know them well. And I was so overwhelmed by the room full of people. It was, I felt so like, I don't know how to talk to people. And this is like, it's not like my first show back, you know, I've been out. Uh, but it just felt a little tough. And I am also wondering if that's something that we're also dealing with as a culture is people just kind of just not going out maybe as much because you kind of got used to it. Like you said, you're introverted perhaps. And it just, you know, you have to kind of relearn how to do that. That's definitely a thing. Um, yeah. And I, I especially, I think a lot of us are feeling it even harder because like, I was in my late twenties when the pandemic started and now I'm in my early thirties and a lot of people I know have just like shifted in terms of like their life situation as well. So it's like a lot of people I knew before the pandemic who didn't have children now have children and their life is like oriented in a little bit of a different way or they've moved somewhere else. And like, yeah, I think that being used to being inside and just being like, nope, I like made my house, you know, the way that I like it. And I, spending time here now and it's great, you know? Um, and also the social anxiety thing is a big one for me too. Um, I, I get really drained very easily talking to a lot of people at once. I'm much more of a, like, let's have dinner one-on-one kind of situation. Like that's my preferred way of like one person at a time, you know? Yeah. Um, but the first couple of shows that I went to in early 2021, I panicked at every single one. Like, I just like kind of can't remember what happened at those shows because I think my brain was just like there's people and I haven't been around people and it's still a thing that happens periodically I think I think I think doing tour has kind of forced me like you have to do this but whenever I have gotten back like I just got back from this four-day tour and Sunday I did nothing like I was just like I just need to like be horizontal you know and just like not talk to anyone because it's draining um yeah so you got back out there 
I did. I did get back out there. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, that tour was really nice, actually. Uh, I broke even, which was good. <laughs> but it was also just, you know, there were less, it was just me and Sam. And it was just four dates. I think it's just like, my feeling about what touring would look like for me in the future is different. Mm. Um, and I don't think it's bad. I think it's just a thing where it's like, does it make sense to go on a three week long tour or does it make more sense to do like a shorter, like four day kind of regional situation? And I think, um, I think in a way, like that feels like a blessing to me because it's like, Oh, that actually sounds kind of nice. And then I would have the time that I need in between those to like rest adequately and like, you know, recharge my social battery or whatever and not feel like totally like, wiped when I get back, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that it's definitely not like after, after going on this one, it was sort of like, this is doable, like in a different way. It's just not going to be maybe what you thought, which is nice, you know? Um, yeah. I don't think that like all the implications of that for everybody are going to be good, but like, at least for me, that's what feels more doable for sure is doing like a shorter tour, maybe with like a, sh a smaller instrumentation. Mm -hmm. um, like I love touring with a full band. It's so fun, but it's just like, makes sense to try and just be like, okay, well that's going to be like a special thing, you know? And like something that's a little bit more doable is like, and a little bit like more lean and mean is less people. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of, a lot of bands, we'll probably start thinking in that way. Just like, how can we make this more sustainable? Um, can we make this more sustainable? I think that's a really perfect spot to land uh, today. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I know it's like a lot <laughs> of information and a lot of it's like, I don't know, you know, like what the, what the answer is. I feel like the answer is different for everyone. And even though, I think like a lot of people are experiencing a similar thing. We're all kind of dealing with it or just like it's affecting people in different ways. And I think mm -hmm. um, just being aware of that and like open-minded about that is, has been really helpful to me. All right. I want to thank Izzy for her time today. Visit musictherapypodcast.com for show notes and to uh, get to Izzy's music and webpage. Music Therapy is hosted by Jessica Risker, produced by Sullivan Davis of Local Universe, and engineered by Joshua Wentz in Chicago. We'll be back. Peace and love. Till I see you again. Music